Hi and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. So this podcast is all about inspiring you, motivating you, pushing you on to achieve more in your life, whether that's in business, property, your health and fitness, your personal life, every part of your life. This podcast hopefully will help you achieve more, do more and get to where you want to be. So just before the episode starts, I have just launched a new website called terryblackburnproperty.com. On there, I've got all of the services that I offer. So one-to-one coaching in business, property, time management, goal setting, sales, persuasion, loads of different things on there. I've got some online courses, some one-to-one coaching courses as well. So please have a look on there. Really appreciate your support. And if you want to get involved and you want some more specific help from me, you want some more one-to-one coaching and, and assistance from me to help you to get to where you want to be, it's all on there also got a couple of books on amazon and audible the be a lion which has won multiple awards worldwide now and the power of peas is the new one all about the different p words profit power perspective purpose etc i hope you'll really enjoy one last thing from me if you enjoy these podcasts and you benefit from them you learn from them all i ask is that you share it with your friends and family or someone who you think the episode is relevant to you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would massively help. The more shares we get, the bigger guests I can get on the podcast, the more people we can help and the more I can grow the show. So thank you so much. Get in touch if you like what you're listening to and don't just take notes, take action. So this episode is a how-to guide on how to run hotels. I get a lot of messages about this on Instagram uh, and all social media, to be fair. A lot of my coaching clients want guidance on this. So I'm going to do a whistle-stop tour, a how-to guide of how I run my hotels. And now you can do the same, some things to look out for, some things you've definitely got to consider. And one thing straight off the belt is it is harder than you think. It is not like running Airbnbs. It is not like a cottage here or an apartment there or a rent to rent or something like that. It is completely, completely different. The bigger it is, the harder it is. Okay. So don't jump into this thinking it's just a money spinner and it's big money and it's easy or it's, you know, it's, it's really not. There's a lot of moving parts and I've actually found it a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. So please consider that. So currently I have an, uh, an eight bed, a nine bed, a 12 bed and a 17 bed hotel. Okay. So if we focus on the 17 bed one, because people probably want to know about the, the bigger stuff, right? Um, That's a 17 bedroom hotel. It's got two houses on site on the land. It's got land at the back with planning permission for four houses. Uh, which we're not going to do the four houses, by the way, but it's got planning for that. And it's got a bar and restaurant. It's got a snug area. It's got a games room. It's got a beer garden, um, a little reception area. So it's a really nice hotel. It's in Barnard Castle. It's called the Ancient Unicorn. Uh, it's got a Facebook page if you want to follow that to have a look about what we do and, and how I run that from a social media perspective. Uh, please give it a follow. So I'm going to give you a whistle-stop tour on how I run that. Uh, things you should look out for, things that you should consider if you're looking to buy hotels or you've currently got a hotel, you've got one going through. I've got a couple of guys who I'm coaching who are, who are looking to buy them at the moment as well. So this will hopefully help you. So there's loads of things to cover on this episode. So I'm just going to give you loads of points. OK, so first thing you need to, to well, not the first thing you need to check, but why these are in no particular order. OK, but cleaners, right, <clears throat> are a massive thing here. 
So if you outsource cleaners, I mean, I outsource cleaners to give you an idea on the smaller ones. So the nine, the eight and the nine better outsource cleaners. The others will have got cleaners in-house because the bigger it gets, you will need in-house cleaners, okay? Or someone that lives very close and get them on a zero hour contract maybe or minimum hours or 16 hours, something like that. But as you get bigger, you will need in-house cleaners um, and they are notoriously difficult to manage. I'm fortunate we've got some great girls in there who are cleaning them at the moment, but it is important to get things clean. It is important to get your cleaning right because they won't just do cleaning the rooms and the showers and the communal areas. They'll do other stuff as well. They'll be making the beds. They'll be on call if a guest has got an issue, something's happened. They'll be there on hand, right? So I would definitely recommend the bigger you get, certainly maybe it's a 10 or more bedrooms, I would probably see you need to be looking at in-house cleaners um, for sure. <clears throat> Pay them all right, you know, the, you know, don't be paying them the minimum minimum wage because you're going to get shit. Pay them well and get them in-house. So that's the first thing. Linen is another thing. So um, we're toying with the idea of um, washing them on site, but currently we outsource that to a, a linen company that do generally a change over once a week, take away the dirty linen, replace it with new linen. You can go low-end budget linen. You can go high-end linen. That depends upon your location, what you're trying to achieve by the hotel, what your market is. We generally go middle of the road, not the crap stuff, not the you know dead expensive stuff, somewhere in the middle, because linen also makes a difference. Things like your bedding makes a difference, the mattress, um, because what do people remember? If they have a bad night's sleep, they're going to leave a bad review, right? So um, even if the rest of your hotel isn't the best and they've got a comfy bed, I'm telling you now that makes a difference. And linen plays a big part in that. Mattress, the quilt and the, and the cushions and the pillows for sure make a difference. So there's linen to consider as well. Probably the hardest part uh, is staff, right? And that comes down to, do you need a front of house? We have that in, in the larger hotel. So we've got a front of house. We've got people who work in the bar and restaurant. We've got cleaners in-house. It's always going to be the biggest challenge in any business. As you know, I've got loads of different businesses uh, from financial services to hospitality to construction to loads of different things. And, and staff in every business is the hardest part, right? So got to get that right. To give you an idea, in the larger hotel, the 17 better, uh, we opened the bar and restaurant in January this year, 2023. We've had three front of houses, uh, three chef changes so uh it's it's challenging to say the least right so be wary of that you've got to get good people in you've got to pay them well you've got to treat them well in order to keep them you've got to get people who care about the place who take ownership of it and look at look after it like it's their own and you only do that by being good at managing people so if you're a property investor just thinking you're going to buy your hotel you've never had staff you've never managed people before it's probably because it's probably going to be an issue for you it's probably going to be quite difficult because managing people is miles harder than any property investment you'll come across, right? Trust us. Um, at one point, I had well over 150 staff across all my companies. Um, down to about 40 now, but it's still it's still quite a lot, right? So be wary of staff. Make sure you get good people in. Make sure you pay them well and treat them well. Uh, and you've got to try and work out the numbers ultimately. So if if based upon the size of your hotel, it justifies staff, then then get staff. You need staff, ideally. But if it's a smaller hotel or you can get away with it, you can automate it. So my eight and nine bed aren't staffed. So if someone books on Airbnb or booking.com, 
they get a code for the main door, which lets them in. Then they get they get a code for their bedroom. They then get emailed instructions in terms of this is how you check in. This is your door code. This is where your your room is in the hotel. This is the communal area. This is where the kitchen is. This is where the tea and coffee is. This is where everything is. These are local attractions. This is the nice restaurant on the street. This we would recommend going to this bar or go to this park or whatever, right? Try and automate as much as you can. And if you can reduce the need for staff as much as you can, then that's obviously better for your cash flow. It's better for the hassle that you'll have to deal with and put up with. Um, but automation is key. So <clears throat> we've got a CRM system and we use some technology that as soon as someone books on booking.com and Airbnb, they get sent uh, all of the email booking instructions automatically as soon as the book. Yeah. Um, we try and reduce the amount of phone calls that we'll make uh, as much as possible. So um, you could quite easily bring every guest, depending on the size of your hotel, check, you know, give them a nice welcoming phone call, you know, where you're coming from, how long you're looking to stay for, all of that. But as you scale and as you get bigger, that's difficult to do, right? So, um, again, depends on the type of service that you want to give. If you've got a, maybe a city centre hotel, something high end, you maybe just want to be doing that because that adds an, an extra layer of luxury, an extra layer of um, customer service, right? If you're going to do that, but that comes down to time, it comes down to money, it comes down to cash flow. So keep that in mind when you're looking for hotels. Um so yeah, I mean, we use software to do that. And one thing on that actually is <clears throat> we've started to do this now is if we get a booking, which is Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday, generally it's a bloke, right? A single person, there's one person in the room. That's an indication that it's a contractor, right? So we will be ringing those type of people and saying, what's the reason for your stay? Are you staying for this reason or that reason? Are you, you know, you're working in the area? Are you also, are you coming back? Are you looking to come back? Is it a regular thing that you're going to be working around this area? If it is, you want to get them to book direct with you the next time to cut out the OTAs because obviously you don't want to be paying booking.com and Airbnb's commission if you can avoid it. So ring up the people that maybe look like contractors or if it is staffed, you need to be getting your staff to ask the guests what's the reason for your stay? Why are you staying here? Are you planning on coming back? Et cetera, et cetera. So future bookings, they can be told to book direct with you. Okay. Also, another little tip on that is you can put literature in your bedrooms to say if you want to, are you coming back? You know, are you looking to stay again? If so, you know, use this website or use this reference. You can maybe get a discount or you can get this, you can get that. Come to us direct for any future bookings. Definitely help with cash flow, right? Because um, those OTAs, man, they have your life. <laughs> they really do. But they've got the monopoly. There's not much you can do. So, um, so yeah, that is staffing. So, Pictures in terms of your rooms, right? The according to the research that I've done, the first four four uh, photographs that you put on each room or for your main property, most people when they're scrolling through Booking.com or Airbnb or whatever, they'll look at the first four photographs. So those first four need to be really good. They're really important, obviously. So if you're, and this comes down to what you're trying to create and what you're trying to sell and the location and the market and all sorts. But for example, my, my biggest hotel, the 17 better is in the countryside. So it's in Bonner Castle. So for that, it's generally people on holiday. It's people in the local area. They're doing a walk or they're coming to see friends, family. They're going to a wedding. They're going to an event or they just want a weekend away, right? 
So for them, it's massively important to see the bedroom. So um, obviously you've got to have a nice picture of the bed, nice external shot of the hotel, of the grounds, of the garden. Maybe it's a picture of something local, so Barnard Castle. Um, there's, there's another castle up the street. Maybe it's a picture of the bar. Maybe it's a picture of the games room. Maybe it's a picture of the... Whereas, you, you know, it obviously depends upon what you're trying to create and the type of people staying at your place. But if you look on the flip side of that, let's say if it's a city centre place, um, well, city centre is maybe similar, but you could do pictures of the Tyne Bridge, pictures of the city, pictures of a bar or a restaurant on, this, on the street or locally, because maybe it's come from overnight out. But if, let's say, it's, if you've got, like, I've got two cottages on, on the land of this hotel, so the pictures of those rooms is the living room because, or if it's if it's a picture of um, if it's a treble room, for example, and there's going to be three people staying there, you want to show that it's spacious. It doesn't just want to be a picture of the bed; it wants to be a picture of the room. Some of the rooms have little kitchenettes, so so if it's a treble room or it's a cottage, you need to show that it's got space, show that it's got a kitchenette in the first four photographs because that's important to the pe- the person that's going to book a treble room. They want to know that it's big enough. Right. So you've got to know your market and you've just got to use your brain really on these type things and know what the photographs are. There's no point putting a picture of a fucking kettle or something like that. Um, if, you know, if it's a high end um, hotel in a city centre, because they're not going to be having coffee there. They want to go to the bar or restaurant and they're going out. Right. So you just use your noggin a little bit on, on that point. But the first four photographs are really, really important. OK. Price and structure. Now. Pricing is obviously very important. You've got various seasonality that kicks into this. So you've got <clears throat> generally your, your winter, your spring and your summer. Um, I kind of look at it as three. So your low, medium, high seasons. Your high is your June, July, August. Depending on your location, it might be September, might be May as well. Um, your low season might be December. December can change depending on location. December might be busy because there's loads of people coming to the area for parties and what have you. November's normally a challenge. January's definitely a challenge. February can normally be a challenge as well. So you've got to have a different price and structure. So we've generally separated that into three different sections, low, medium, high. And then within those sections, you've also got weekdays and weekends. Weekends are always going to be your busiest times. Um, And it's obviously you're going to price that higher than your weekdays. But to be honest, I look at our daily rates twice a week, every week. And we've noticed a lot of people book last minute. They book from Wednesday to Friday for that weekend. So I generally knock them down a touch, so which bumps you up the OCAs, which is your online travel agents, booking.com, Airbnb, et cetera. It boosts you up um, midweek. So, um, and when you knock the price down, it boosts you up the list, okay? Also your reviews kick in. If you've got terrible reviews, it's hard to get boosted, but um but bear that in mind so when you're looking at your price and structure you need to, you need to do some research you know if you're buying a big hotel it's not like you're buying a little 100 grand buy to let it's quite a large investment this one was 700 grand that we bought so it's not a small investment you've got to make sure that you get it right you've got to do your research in advance and an occupancy rate people use a 70 percent occupancy rate it's a guide you know <sighs> I would say that's a little bit ambitious, but it really depends on so many factors with a hotel. An Airbnb, a cottage or an apartment, yeah, I think 70% is fair, but if you've got 17 rooms or 20 rooms or more, 
then you know to fill all of those rooms 70% of the time it's quite a big ask unless you've got a strong reputation it's had a great previous owner maybe and it's got solid books to show that that's what it's going to be then fair enough the one that I bought it wasn't ran very well um it didn't do huge numbers previous it had huge potential and we're getting much better occupancy levels than the previous owner but we're not 70% yet but we'll be um next year but it's the first year running it right so you've got to bear that in mind try not to be too optimistic which is a typical trait of an entrepreneur you try and be too optimistic and think yeah we'll get 80 percent right try and be a little bit pessimistic try and be a little bit conservative and cautious when you're looking at your occupancy rates to work out a forecast okay because it's normally not as good as you maybe think it'll be and it's not as bad as the worst case it's normally somewhere in the middle right but bear that in mind and be prepared to be looking at nightly rates literally once or twice a week. I do it probably twice a week, nearly every week. Um, so that's pricing. Be cautious, be accurate, and keep messing around with them until you find your sweet spot, yeah? Uh, what else have I got? <clears throat> Bars and restaurants, right? So this one's got a bar and restaurant within it. Now, if you've got a hotel, depends on your location, of course, but... People are going to expect breakfast. Certain guests or a lot of guests are going to expect breakfast. So if you can't offer breakfast, like in my eight and nine bed, there's no breakfast. So what we've done is we negotiated a deal with a restaurant on the street where they get breakfast at the restaurant. They have to pay extra for that, but they get they can go somewhere for breakfast. If you don't have that, you probably are going to get complaints. You probably are going to get people booking and then not realizing it doesn't have breakfast and then complaining, leaving bad reviews. So... You need to either manage that situation properly with good emails and contact or set up a deal on the street maybe with somebody else. If you do offer breakfast in-house, going back to the staffing point, bars and restaurants are the hardest business I think I've ever been involved in. Um, once you get them right, and if you get them right, very, very good. Of course, we're getting that right now. But at the start, we definitely didn't get it right. It was very challenging, very difficult. It's completely different to any other business I've been involved in. Um because there's not many businesses where someone can buy the product or service and only pay at the end when they're happy, right? If they're happy. So you might get in a situation where you're selling out food, people are complaining, they refuse to pay. Like there's not many businesses like that. A lot of people are more inclined to, to, to complain about food if it's not right than other products and services and in other businesses. Um, the staff is challenging. The cost of materials and ingredients and kit, equipment, utilities, like price of gas, the price of electric, like there's a lot of moving parts, right? Getting your menu right, tweaking the menu, moving it around. Where do you get your stuff from? Where do you get your beer from? Where do you get your ingredients from? It is not simple. It is not straightforward. It is a hard gig. So be very cautious on this. If you've never done a bar or restaurant before and you're going to take one on, just be cautious. It can be it can be done, obviously. Plenty of people do it. And we've got a crack now. Well, we're definitely doing better than it was. I wouldn't say it's absolutely cracked, but we're probably 90% there. So be cautious of that. Um, but what it does give you the ability to do is add on various things, bed and breakfast, bed and eat, breakfast and evening meal, offers, packages, Valentine's Day, Father's Day, Christmas events, all of that it gives you all of that. And when someone's finished work, they don't want to be traveling. They want to go downstairs in the bar, have a couple of pints, have some food, go to bed, go to work the next day, right? It definitely gives you the ability to do all of these extra things, bottle of wine in your room because you'll have an alcohol license and all of these things. Um, 
So yeah, it's doable, but just be cautious because it is very difficult. Um, things like reviews is really important. Um, making sure you get those good reviews and you've got reviews on booking.com, you've got reviews on Airbnb, Trivago, Hotels, TripAdvisor. You know, there's loads of different, your own website, Google. So you've got to try and get that balance of getting them to do reviews on your preferred channel. So you've got to know where your bookings are coming coming from. Bulk of ours, Google's a good one because we do get a lot of direct bookings. Obviously, booking.com has the lion share of the market. See what I've done there, lion, be a lion, get the book if you don't already have it. Audio as well. Um, but it's got the lion share, right? So, um, yeah, just make sure you're getting your reviews because reviews whether you like it or not, are massively important. People buy solely on reviews. If you're going to a location with your partner or something, you're looking for a hotel, what do you do? You, you look at the pictures and the reviews. If the reviews are terrible, you don't go. I always check reviews, especially if you're going to spend a few quid um, on a hotel or you want a nice weekend away with your partner. You're going to check reviews, right? So if you've gotten on, make sure you ramp them up pretty quick and make sure you keep them at a good level. Um, respond to people, um, phone calls afterwards. How was your stay? Is anything we can do better? Would you leave us a review? We'd really appreciate it. All that. Get your salesman's hat on and your saleswoman's hat on um, and get after those reviews because they're massively, massively important. Um, what else have we got? Yeah, things like um, function rooms. So we have a games room, we have a snug, we have a barn restaurant in ours. So that gives and some land at the back and a beer garden. So that gives us the ability to do various events. So we do a networking event at our, our barn restaurant and we do coffee mornings, coffee and cake offers. We do, um, we've got a bikers night. So a lot of people who ride motorbikes come on a Thursday night and we do an offer for them where they can sit in the snug in the beer garden, park all the bikes up out the front and have, I think it's a burger and a pint for a tenner or something that we do, something like that. We do various different nights, quiz nights. We're going to start doing karaoke nights. Um, what else are we doing? We're going to do, do some themed food nights. So like a Chinese night and Indian night and all of this type stuff. But if you don't have function rooms, we could even do meeting rooms. We could do corporate events. There's loads of these things, right? But don't just think you're just going to buy a hotel, right? And people are going to fill the rooms and fill the barn restaurant. You need to be entrepreneurial and you need to be thinking outside the box. And you need to do something different to what's currently in your area or do something that other people are doing well. If there's market for another one in your area, you need to have your finger on the pulse and you need to be doing these things in order to fill it because you've got to get eyeballs on your on your hotel. So when people come to a networking event and they have a drink, they have a laugh, they you know play pool or you know have a couple of drinks, have some food, some snacks, whatever, right? Eyeballs are on my venue. They're not coming to stay and they're not coming to eat. They're coming to network, but they're coming to the Ancient Unicorn, which is the name of the place, they're coming there for the networking event, but the mob, and then they're going to take a picture and they're going to put it on social media and it's spreading the word, right? You've got to become the centre or the hub of your community in some way. Get eyeballs on your place as much as you can. We've got footy. I mean, Sky Sports and BT Sports, by the way, is an absolute wind-up. The cost of it is, second you say it's a pub or restaurant or it's commercial, it's like 500 quid a month just for Sky, right? Um, the heating bills are through the roof. The gas bill is through the roof. There's a lot of these things that you may be having accounted for, and it's a hell of a lot more than just an Airbnb. And the bigger it gets, 
the more expensive it is and the harder it is, right? Your mortgage on something like this is massive, is massive. It's commercial lending. The state of interest rates in 2023, it's it's quite high, as you know. Um, and I had to be very creative to get this deal over the line and get this one financed because of because of the state of rates, right? Um, I've talked about that on previous podcasts, but um, but yeah. My point is, if you've got function areas or you've got rooms or you might need to maybe even get rid of a bedroom to create some space for this type of stuff and just be a little bit different, be a little bit out there and be a little bit forward thinking and try and do something different to get eyeballs on your venue because that is what it ultimately is all about. I'm very good at sales and marketing, luckily, so I don't struggle with this type of thing. But if you're just a property investor and you're looking to buy hotels, you need to be a bit like this. So I'll be very cautious and I'll be um, very structured in your approach and make sure you've got some, some ideas that you can bring to the table that are costed out as well. Don't just say, oh yeah, we're going to do network and we're going to do this, we're going to do that, right? We'll look at the cost of it. How much does it cost to do that event? Right, what's it going to bring in? It's got to be profitable, right? You don't want to be just doing stuff to get eyeballs on your, on your venue. We've done leaflet drops. We've done, you know, free desserts. We've done... Uh, happy hours we've done spin the wheels in the bar where you win stuff and like, there's a lot to this right there's a lot to this that you maybe haven't even thought of um that you need to consider okay uh, virtual assistance actually this is another good point so out of hours phone calls so who's going to answer the phone if someone can't get in or if someone's turning up late um who's going to answer the phones are you going to get a virtual assistant like i have we've got companies uh, yeah. In the Philippines, that answer the phones, or are you going to get UK ones? Or are you going to pay someone to do this? We share phones in the office, or well, the team share phones. I don't answer the phones, but the team share phones and the shift work. Some people work nights, some people work weekends, some people work early. You know, you've got to work all this out, right? And all of these things cost money and this eats into your profit. So you need to be very cautious when you're doing this. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's all I've wrote down on my on my list anyway. There's lots of points there. And I need to hit the message home that like if you get one of these things wrong, like it's very costly and you can't really sell a hotel that quickly. Um so if you're spending a good few hundred thousand pounds into the millions and you get this wrong, it's very costly. So be very cautious, make sure you've mapped everything out. Um, you know, I do coach a couple of lads on this. If you want to get into hotels, you know, I'll happily have a chat with you. If you want to do some coaching, I can certainly guide you through it because if you get one of these wrong, it's very costly. But on the on the flip side, if you get it right, it's very profitable. Um, but it does take time. We're going to build up this hotel and get a good few years. You know, I'm not on this for a year or so. I'm doing two, three, five years, good, good, profitable books before we look about what we're going to do with it. Um we're on the verge of getting a monster contract with a with a contractor who's talking about five years worth of bookings for multiple rooms. So um, you know, that is worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. So if we can get that through, then that, that's great. But we only we only get into that stage now because we are actively approaching contractors, actually actively approaching contractor um construction companies in the area to try and see if they want if they've got trades who want to stay. We're actively doing loads and loads of marketing to try and get eyeballs on this place. And don't be expecting just to come in there and get 70%, 80% occupancy year one. You know, it might not work like that. There's a strong chance it won't. So be cautious, be clever, be calculated. Three Cs, cautious, calculated, 
and clever. There you go. Um, in your approach and uh, make sure you keep an eye on the numbers and also give you an idea. I do a weekly PL on this business, weekly. Now, most of my businesses I do, well, all of them I do, in fact, uh, monthly PLs. This is now weekly because I need to have a good handle on the finances on this business. And that takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort. You know, if you've got a full-time job and you're expecting to run a hotel on the side, like, I think you might be in for a, a bit of a shock. So um, so that is my how-to guide on running hotels. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please like and share this podcast. Please leave us a, re as a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But please, more than anything, share this on your social media and tag us in it. Um Erin, a review will be massively appreciated because the more people I can help, the better content I can bring, the more time and energy I can put into this podcast uh, and help more and more people. So um, thank you so much for listening. Don't just take notes, take action.